You're listening to the What's Happening with Stage Lighting podcast with David Henry. He'll be giving you tips, tricks, ideas, news on new gear, and most importantly, help you make great lighting. Welcome to episode 1002 of What's Happening in Stage Lighting. In this episode, we'll be taking a look at how to make video a part of your lighting show. We'll be taking a look at the latest Coldplay tour with their spherical LED balls. We dive back to LED curtains, look at how to integrate video and lighting, and also look at the latest ADJ WMX1. Hi friends, Romans, and countrymen. I always wanted to say that. I don't know why, because it's like from Shakespeare. Is it from Shakespeare? I don't know. Welcome uh, to the show today with what's happening in stage lighting. I'm David from LearnStageLighting.com. If we haven't met before, uh, my goal and my mission and our mission here at Learn Stage Lighting, because now it's literally a team. For years, it was just a guy. Um, and people often thought it was like a full-time thing. and It was really on the side. And now it is a full-time thing. And there's other people. And it's, it's crazy. But anyway. Uh, our goal here is to make your life in lighting easier and to make your events better than ever before using lighting. And as today, we're going to talk a little bit about video. video. Why are we talking about video today? Why are we talking about lighting? Because ultimately, uh, these things, video, lighting, these disciplines are complementary and they're kind of the same thing. So let's, I know I've talked about it before, we'll talk about it again, but I've got some, some stuff to talk about, something uh, interesting that you also might want to know about as well. So the start of today's show comes from the latest issue of PLSN Magazine. Well, really from a couple things, really from just what's going on in the world, okay? So a few days ago, my wife was watching uh, Instagram stories as she does. I don't, I don't use Instagram, but she does. Um, and she wanted to show me uh, somebody she follows went to uh, a Coldplay show on their latest tour. And uh, it was at Wembley Stadium, which is one of uh, the biggest stadiums that there are. Um, just absolutely massive. And, uh, and I was watching it and watching the clips and they were just cell phone clips, right? You know, and these people were pretty far away, but I was watching, my wife made the note later on. And, and I noticed these during the show that they had these circle screens as part of their show. But what was interesting to me is even though there was a lot of fog and haze in the air, a lot of atmosphere going on, um, you had a circle screen that didn't look like it had a structure like holding it above. It didn't look like it was hanging really from another structure like an LED wall would. Um, but it also didn't look like projection um, because with projection you would have seen you would have seen either from behind with the side shot or in the front you would you would see the beam of the projector in the haze and in the atmosphere at least a little bit. Um, and so what we have is on this tour, there's, you know, an image on a circle screen, and, and you can go to plsn.com. We'll have the article uh, linked to in the show notes, because um, at this point, who knows when this podcast will come out. It'll come out later. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get back into podcasting, okay, but I want to have uh, a few uh, teed up ready to go before I do that. 
And so, um, so I'm looking at this thing and I'm like, well, it doesn't look like a projection screen, but it also doesn't look like an LED wall screen. So what is it, right? Um, so I get reading the article and, and there's a, another article after it uh, from PRG all about these screens. So get this, this is absolutely nuts, okay? These are actually spheres. So not only are they circular, but they're actually spherical, they're 3D. Um, and they're inflatable LED screens, okay? Now, I'll be interested to see how these work on the long haul, uh, just because early on, like an LED screen, um, there were, uh, there were um, a lot of things, uh, you know, that came out on the market. One thing that came with, with LED screens fairly early on was there was a company called Pixel Flex, and I think they're still around, actually. I'm going to look it up quick, Pixel Flex. Um, and they had a LED curtain, okay? Um, so it was a black theatrical curtain, with LEDs in it to make an LED screen, okay? Um, and, you know, the problem with a product like this, and I know more often than not when I when I saw uh, Pixelflex stuff, yeah, yeah, today they're really pushing, uh, and I, I'm not seeing the curtains. I'm seeing, okay, they do have the curtain. They do still have them. They're, like, way down on their page. Uh, they promote more flexible displays that are, like, semi-rigid, etc. cetera. Uh, and the reason why is because, um, you know, they're fairly fragile. Like, LEDs uh, that are, you know, in their strips and, and that, are, that make video displays are generally fairly fragile on their own. So the problem with these curtains is, you know, even with just like really gentle use, taking them up and putting them down for shows, uh, they get damaged, right? And they require, and so then there was a lot of Velcro on the back of them, and basically the techs would like unvelcro it, find where the bad connection was, resolder it, and the, all the wires really tiny. The LEDs are really tiny. Like it was, you know. It was, it was cool in the sense that you could have a really big LED screen, not super tight pixel pitch, um, but, you know, you could have it in a fabric so that it could transport in a really small space in a fabric hamper, um, but still be easy to, to put out. Um, those didn't really last. Like I said, um, I just looked on Pixelflex's site. They still have them. Um, but they're way down on their page. They don't get uh, super close to each other. You know, they can't get super close in terms of pixel pitch. Um, and they have a flex curtain outdoor, but that one, um, oh, I see, it's their HD indoor outdoor. And that one's not the fabric curtain that it was uh, that they that they used to have. That one was so anyway. So those those kind of went by the wayside. They're not really. In existence anymore. I mean, they kind they're kind of shoved down as the, as the very last item on Pixelflex's site um, because you know they they were from every account that I heard and everything I saw um, as cool as they were and as awesome as it was that you could have an LED display in a curtain. It just didn't work amazingly well in terms of repair over the long term um, because. There, there's a reason why LED panels are hard, <laughs> um, because that just helps with serviceability and reliability, okay? Um, and so this is just really cool to me that this tour with Coldplay, they went, and, and the reason they did this was they wanted to do a circle, apparently, and Coldplay also wanted to make their touring greener. They wanted to cut down on the amount of trucks, make it more environmentally friendly, and so having 
you know, a a inflatable sphere instead of a curtain, a little bit different, meant that it fit into a way smaller space than a regular LED wall. Um, and so the question is, we'll see if the, these things last. I mean, PRG is is the world's largest production company, I believe, um, and they built this with uh, with one of the big LED wall companies. Was it Row? I think it was Row, uh, which is one of the, the big, really high end LED display companies. So, you know, if if anybody's going to get it right, um, it could be that, and may, maybe it'll work. I don't know. Um, Regardless, it's super sweet. I mean, it's really cool. It looks amazing from the distances and the size of shows they're doing. Um, and uh, it is a really cool way that they've brought in video on to this show. Okay. Um, then also in the same magazine, there's a great article called Video is Lighting by Craig Rutherford, a guy who I've run into on Loading Docs a few times, said hi to, we um, kind of consider ourselves friends. He has a great podcast called The Lighting Nerds. Check it out. Um, but but we never, like, we rarely ever actually have sat down and talked. We've just, like, walked past each other a bunch of times in life. Um, and, um, and he has some really great points on, and a, and a circle screen, on how to use video and how to integrate it with lighting. And I like a lot of the things he said. Um, and so I'm not gonna just reiterate what he said, but I wanna just talk about from a technical end, okay? Not, not necessarily from an artistic side, but from a technical end, how do you integrate video and lighting parts together and make them work as one piece, okay? Because the technology side can be what stops people from doing this, and you could be missing out on a big opportunity that will really help your events to be a lot better. So let's talk about it. Um, so when it comes to a video type product, something playing video, you've got two ways that it could function, two different ways that it could get its information, okay? The first is probably the obvious. It's a video signal. Okay, so the video display, uh, aka a TV, um, a LED wall, uh, things like this, use a processor that takes in a video input. Now, in terms of format, that may be HDMI, that may be SDI. Uh, most processors can take in a variety of formats, DVI, etc. And so you can plug in a computer, you can plug in a video switcher, um, there are media servers, standalone ones, that you can plug in, send a signal to this video processor, and then it, it happens on the screen. Now, um, this is really helpful when you're dealing with really dense screens, because you're dealing with a boatload of pixels, and patching those and setting them up inside of most lighting software uh, or consoles would be a ton of work and you wouldn't quite get as fine-grained of a control as you do get from just playing a video on it, okay? Um, and, and the processing and everything you don't really have to worry about because it all happens inside the video processor, okay? But then... As you start to separate out into larger pixel sizes or just pixels that are further apart um, or just more abstract, you start to get into items like pixel strips. Okay, now we had a recent video on the Learn Stage Lighting channel about what is the deal with these pixel strips, and I showed you guys uh, our favorite pixel strip system right now, which is the Gamma Pixel Strip IP system. Okay, and so this is a strip, they're one meter long, and they have 80 pixels on them, 
and they're a rocking pixel strip. They can play video on them. They look great. But when you have a lighting type product, something that doesn't have an extreme pixel density or something that you might want to rearrange into all kinds of crazy shapes all the time, then you suddenly lose the the uh, ability and really you lose the preference to send a video signal because if they're not generally placed in grids a video signal just doesn't work directly to the product to the pixel strip okay and so we can run video we can run video type content through a process called pixel mapping which if you're not familiar with it is just a lighting software or a pixel mapping software saying hey I have this video or video-like clip, and I'm going to play this video-like clip onto our lights, okay? And so those lights could be these pixel strips, but they could actually be any DMX light. And so a pixel strip, you know, like I said, 80 pixels within one meter, so they're pretty darn close together. But you could have pixels that are LED pars, you know, a regular RGB LED par light, you could have a grid of a hundred of those behind a band and people have done this before, right? And you can run video across that. It's just at a really low resolution. Okay. Um, and in that case, you're definitely not sending a video signal to those lights. You're sending DMX and the lighting console or pixel mapping software is where you lay everything out and then can play that signal across it. Okay. What happens if you need to combine the two, right? This can be the most complicated part, okay? So when you need to combine both video that is on displays, such as, you know, TV screens or computer monitors, LED walls, and, and you're combining those that take a video type signal with fixtures that take DMX, that's where it can become a head scratcher, right? But you see on, on these huge productions, people do that, right? You've probably seen this before, where you have a, a screen that has regular video content on it. They may even put cameras on it and stuff like that. And then you see pixel mapped bars that sometimes, sure, they're just doing all kinds of crazy stuff with the lighting rig. They're kind of matching whatever the lighting's doing. But then other times they may play back what the video screen is doing, but they're getting DMX. They're not getting video type signal. So how does that work? Well, uh, that's where you're going to need something to, to send the video into your pixel mapper for the lighting and, and then you're good to go. Okay, at the time of this recording, uh, you know, we really like Entex Elm software and we really like Onyx and their built-in pixel mapper Dylos. Okay, and what we like about those is that um, we really like that they're easy to use. They're both priced incredibly well, but more than the price uh, is definitely the ease of use. Definitely the fact that that somebody with limited knowledge can watch a few simple tutorials and really begin to figure it out. And a lot of the other software packages like Resolume and MadMapper, uh, while they're great and they're very popular, they're just not quite as easy to get started. There are some a lot of advanced options that can really trip people up and slow you down when you're, you're first going. Okay, And so programs like these can often take in video input at the time of this recording. Uh, Elm can, they can take it in via a few different ways. Uh, 
Onyx can't yet, but uh, the developers say that it, it will come in the next version, whenever that is. Um, they've got it working in the lab with NDI uh, network video input. So now you can go, okay, I've got this pixel map content playing to a, a video screen. You know, I'm sending it via HDMI, via SDI, what have you, to the video wall uh, controller. And then I'm also sending it into my pixel mapper, which then plays it on my lights. And when I add those two together, scale things right and have a little bit of coordination, boom. Now video is a part of our lighting show. And so that's just two ways in order to get video as a part of your lighting show, okay? Um, you know, merging the worlds together. Now let's talk a little bit more about LED walls for a second, okay? So LED walls are something that um, behind the scenes, I've been paying very close attention to for the better part of, I don't know, maybe 10 years, okay? Um, yeah, it probably was almost 10 years ago where I was on my first show that I was the lighting designer on that also had an LED wall. It was an anime conference. And, uh, and ever since, I've always, when I'm on shows, you know, whenever I have the time, I, I spend time with the LED wall techs and I try to learn and glean as much as I can from them. And then, as we've grown on uh, the sales side, on being dealers for equipment over at Learn Stage Lighting Gear, because at the end of the day, if you're going to purchase equipment, you have to get it somewhere. You got to get it through a dealer if you want to have a warranty and all that jazz. Uh, and so, you know, why go through one of the big guys when you can go through the place where you're learning about lighting? That's us. Uh, not only can we get you a personalized quote, but uh, we just love to help and uh, be that resource to you. So uh, we're, we're going to get into selling video walls and, and making that a part of what we do. It's something that from the get-go, from when we signed up as dealers with all these different lighting companies, all of them have always been like, hey, we also do video walls, you know, here's what you got to do. They, they've always, um, I don't want to say pushed it, but, you know, they've always made it very aware that that option's out there and that it would be wise for us to pursue that. But, but, and it's a big but, um, I don't want to sell something without knowing that we're going to be able to put the right support behind it. And that is a huge, 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 huge deal to me, right? Is that if we're offering a product to you, if we're getting you a video wall, uh, we need to make sure that we're able to, A, have the knowledge to say, okay, we've got brand A, brand B, and brand C. And they all look similar. But we recommend this brand above the others because of you know, X reason, Y reason, right? We need to understand which ones are quality, which ones are not quality, you know, what you sacrifice with a lower price product versus a higher price, um, you know, how to set these things up, you know, all of that stuff was really important to me. And so, you know, especially over the last two years, I've dove deep into that without selling a single wall, because ultimately, you know, in the long term, we want to be the, the place where people go and they say, okay, we went there, we got an LED wall. We're happy with it. Um, they treated us amazing. They were able to answer our questions. You know, everything was great, right? And so that's what we're doing. Um, this is kind of the announcement. Um, it's not up yet, but we're gonna. We've got uh, a number of brands for permanent install or temporary that are offering uh, really good LED walls, and we've gone out there and found what we think 
are the best options when it comes to balancing price with performance. When it comes down to, you know, getting something that is of good quality and good workmanship, but doesn't break the bank, right? But also isn't like, you know, the best thing in the world that's going to cost a million dollars, okay? And, and I think we've got that. So if that is something you're interested in, shoot us an email at gear at learnstagelighting.com. Let us know you're looking for a video wall and uh, and we'll help you out. We've got a video wall calculator that's going to be on the site soon if it's not already that just lets you put in the size you want and lets you know, okay, hey, here's some rough pricing from a few brands. Here's how many panels you need. Here's how many processors you need, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, we're really excited about that because, you know, like everything we do, we want to be just uh, when it comes to the gear sales side, we want to be the most helpful dealer out there so that we can say, okay, we're going to help you find exactly what you need. We're going to get you something of quality and, and we're going to just be a huge help to you. Okay. So, um, if that sounds good, shoot us an email, gear at learnstagelighting.com. Uh, if you know you want to learn more about video walls, we're going to have more info out there soon. Um, video walls are not insanely difficult. Um, they're really not that hard, but there, there are some things you got to know to get them going, right? Um, they are kind of a package deal. So, you know, you go and if you just buy a video panel, that's all you get. Right. Um, so when we build a package, you know, it's going to include all the cables, the processors, etc. because you need a processor, you need power cables, you need signal cables, you need the LED panels themselves, and you need to make sure that uh, the processor you get can do the quantity of lights you need or the quantity of, of LED wall that you need. You need to make sure the pixel pitch you get is good for what you're doing. You need to make sure that it's not too tight. I mean, you can't really go too close together. Um, it just gets more expensive. <laughs> but you need to make sure it's not too uh, too far apart, that the pixels aren't too far apart for what you need, or else you can really have some issues with camera focusing and stuff like that. Um, the Moyar effect, which is the hardest thing to say ever because it's French and I am not good with French, <laughs> uh, and all that jazz. Uh, so if that's something you're interested in, do let us know because it's something uh, we're diving into. But we're doing so cautiously. We spent a lot of time researching, talking to experts, making sure we understood getting the training to provide video walls correctly uh, so that at the end of the day, everybody's thrilled down the road with what they got. You know, So that's a little soapbox there. Um, also, in new stuff, what's new in lighting? Uh, earlier this summer, there was a new lighting controller, the ADJWMX1. It is uh, a German lighting controller called the Wolfmix W1 that's now for sale in the U.S. through ADJ. Uh, and I got one a couple weeks ago. Did it come last week? Might have. It's been busy. Um, and I got to tell you, this thing is stinking cool. So this is a controller just to walk through, um, you know, what uh, what it is. is. This is a lighting console for, like, venues that have random bands playing for restaurants that have a bunch of lights, um, for, you know, smaller DJ setups, um, all kinds of stuff like that. And what's really stinking cool about it is it's, it's not a console for pre-programming out cue by cue a show. It's for running things live and on the fly. But what's cool about it is there's so little setup to do to get started. And then with just a little bit of setup, it can really do a lot. 
So let me explain. Uh, basically what you get is you have a console that can control eight groups of lights as they call, and each group does not have to be the same type of fixture. Uh, you can mix different types of fixtures in the same group and it works pretty well. Okay, so you get eight groups of lights, and then uh, it's got four DMX outputs on it actually, which is a lot. Um, and when you patch your lights, when you put them into the WMX1, um, it pre-builds, it already has built in its library effects for, and static for color, movement, and beam for position, color, gobo. Okay, so so it's got already, you know, pre-built settings that you can just press buttons and you can dial the knob to get intensity and start making a show literally in like 10 minutes after just patching your fixtures in the thing, okay? But then there's a preset page, which is really powerful, where you have a button grid of a four by six, no, four by five, 20 buttons, where you can take these different presets that are pre-built and build more of them and combine them together into these 20 buttons. Now you can see them on the screen, all your labels, you've got 20 different effects that you can stack, put, and work with together. Independent of those 20 buttons, you have what they call the woof button, or in this case, the ADJ button. And when you press that, you get like a uh, all open and strobe where everything turns white, it starts strobing, great for the end of songs. You can uh, configure that to, you know, hold, Basically, you hold it, and then when you release, it lets go. You can have it when you tap it, it goes for a certain amount of time, uh, in seconds, etc. Then there's a button for strobe, for blinder, so very similar. You just hit it, and it, it basically runs a strobe, runs a blinder effect, uh, blackout, and then smoke. So any smoke or foggers, fog machines, um, they'll be automatically set up that you just hit the smoke button, you get smoke. So uh, this is kind of a cool new one that uh, you'll you'll get to see on the channel here soon, hopefully, uh, where it's like, man, like for a small venue, for a small production company, for somebody who runs lights for a few different bands uh, without a ton of stuff and doesn't need to get super particular about the effects they want, it's a really cool it's a really cool setup. It also can take in an audio input and a lot of the settings can be set to be somewhat sound reactive. And so now you have all the lights that you've got in a somewhat sound reactive mode, but it's it's smart enough that it doesn't just look like junk. It, it looks really good and it's really well coordinated. Um, and so you can still get cool lighting you know, as a DJ, as a small sound company, as a small venue, you can put somebody in front of this who's never done lighting before, show them how to press some buttons, and, you know, they can be off really easily working with the lighting and creating something that follows the music. I think for these smaller lighting rigs, the WMX1 is a really cool fit because it ultimately... Um, it ultimately simplifies lighting control to such a level that um, you can have it set up, set up your preset page, and then hand it off to somebody who's never touched lighting before, give them a two-minute rundown of what things do, they can kind of press buttons, see what they do, and then they can make a pretty darn nice show uh, without, without really any training. So, uh, 
pretty cool, pretty cool tool. Um, I bought one because uh, people were really talking about them. Uh, you know, we paid our own money for it, and uh, and it's something that we're gonna be teaching on here because when it comes to standalone lighting controllers, there's a ton of bad ones out there, a ton of them that don't do very much. Um, this is not one of those. This one is really powerful. Uh, if you really start to get into setting it up and, and working with, with uh, all the presets and you can even buy a $49 add-on to bring in a small DMX fader type console. And when you do that, you now have intensity control on faders uh, next to it. And you've got what's really powerful for not a ton of money, something that doesn't require a PC, is totally standalone, and uh, you know does a pretty cool job. So uh, definitely check that out. We'll have that in the show notes on Learn Stage Lighting Gear, of course. And with that, guys, I think I think we're all about out of time. So hey, thanks so much for listening today. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you got any thoughts, comments, questions about a video about you know purchasing an LED wall or anything like that, hit us up gear at learnstagelighting.com. Uh, if you're liking that ADJWMX1, if that sounds interesting, uh, check out our videos on it hopefully soon, or else check out other videos of it. Um, it's a pretty darn cool little little guy, and um, I think it's something that. Uh, fills a need that we didn't have a good solution for in the past um, that is really, really blows the older stuff out of the water. So with that, guys, thanks so much for listening. Have a great day, and we'll see you in our next episode. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the What's Happening in Stage Lighting podcast. If you're interested in purchasing any gear, please visit our stage lighting store, learnstagelightinggear.com. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please listen to our other episodes on Apple, Spotify, or Google podcast platforms. Don't forget to grab our free beginner's guide to stage lighting on learnstagelighting.com. Learn stage lighting, helping you create great lighting.